the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. Welcome to Get Rich Slow. This is your money school for financial winners. Here, we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Slow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated, where securities and investment advisory services are offered to Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning. It is cold outside. The weather has been telling us that winter is coming. This week, we had to scrape the ice off the windshield, and if the ice is here, can winter be far behind? But even if it's cold in the morning, we can look forward to it warming up during the day, and most fall days are, they are dry and brisk. Yeah, that gives us the opportunity to get outside and to tend to our chores, and, and some of the uh, chores this week were to get up the uh, Halloween decorations. And I hope everybody uh, is ready at their house. There'll be all sorts of Halloween activity this weekend. Now is the time to get serious about safety by reminding the kids to look right, look left, and then look right again before crossing streets and no running out between uh, parked cars. And uh, anyone who has been out there with the kids knows that how wild things can get out there. You tell them to stay on one side of the street, and then we get to the end of the street, then we're going to go on the other side of the street. Well, that, that sounds nice, but that works until someone hears that there are big streets on the other side of the streets, and then the other kids dash across, and your kids want to go too. And that's when you have to get tough. Otherwise, you'll be dashing from one side of the street to the other way, all the way down the road here. So, what do you what you want to do is make sure that the kids wear costumes, don't wear costumes that contribute to trips and falls because these kids are moving fast. They're running across lawns. They're running through flower gardens. Uh, instead of masks, maybe you know, put some uh, face paint on them or something uh, because the mask can uh, obstruct the children's views and their vision. And uh, if your duty is to stay at home, why, you have to be ready for the onslaught of these ghosts and goblins and monsters and even some fairy princesses. They're going to be looking for their goodies this weekend. And it is comforting to know that these devilish fiends can be bought off 
with so little, a chocolate bar or a bag of M&M's. But in any case, we're smart enough to buy candies that we like, just in case there are some left over, and <laughs> and hopefully there will be a lot left over. Uh, we, and, and don't forget, don't forget about your uh, pets, your cats or your dogs. You know, the chocolates and the other treats and the tinfoil and the cellophane candy wrappers, they can all be hazardous if swallowed by the pets. So basically keep track of uh, the candy wrappers and all the rest of the stuff that are coming into the house. And also, uh, uh, if the, if the uh, children's costumes will scare your pet, maybe keep them in another room. Or if you're afraid that your pet might dart out the door once you open the door, uh, it's best to keep them in another room, too. So uh, the kids love to gather their piles of candy and and sweets and at uh, Halloween, but we as parents know that uh, uh, it's too much sugar. Uh, the kids have enough energy without sugar eyes, so uh, that's when we come in with the little story about the switch witch. Have you heard about the switch witch? She wears a crooked hat. She's on the hunt for candy to feed her naughty cat. He likes the brightest lollipop the greenest chews and the bluest chews. And if you have some bubble gum, he'd really want that too. After trick-or-treating, you need to pick out some things to keep and then put it, put it the end things in a basket to swap while you're asleep. Only when you're snoozing, the switch witch will drop in. We'll take all the candy in the, in the uh, bucket and who knows what you'll put in. You might wake up and you might find a toy or a book or a bear, something for your piggy bank, a funny game to share. So give the switch witch your brightest treats for her cat instead, and in the morning you might find a switch upon your bed. So it's, <laughs> it's another trick to get that candy out of the kid's hands so that we don't have them in sugar highs for the next week and we... And we don't have uh, uh, candies behind the uh, sofa and in the sofa uh, cushions and everything else. So, so let's. <laughs> and maybe the U.S. stock market was in a festive mood this week too. This week, global equities were mixed. In the U.S., the three major stock indices were volatile and up for the week. While in the UK, the FTSE was up for the week, and while in the European Union, both Germany's DAX and the stock Europe 600 were both up for the week. In Asia, Japan's Nikkei was barely up for the week, while in China, both the Shanghai Composite and Hong Kong Hang Seng were both down for the week. On Friday, the three major stock indices closed at, the Dow closed at 32,000, 861.80, and that was up 5.72% for the week. The Standard and Poor 500 closed at 3,901.06, and that was up 3.96 for the week. And the NASDAQ Composite, uh, that closed at 11,102.45, and it was up 2.24%. Uh, for the week, we're still down in the, we're still in a bear market. But in the last two weeks, uh, the three major stock indices have been up, and uh, the stock indices were up this week after being up last week. So, what's the reason? Oh, there was some good uh, results, but uh, you know, from the earnings report, the third quarter earnings reports. Are coming out, and uh, but uh, you know we mentioned last week that probably the biggest thing may be the Federal Reserve officials have begun signaling their desire to slow down the pace of rate increases soon and uh, stop raising rates early next year uh, to see how their moves this year are slowing the economy and slowing inflation. Uh, Basically, there were no comments this week 
because of the blackout restrictions prior to the uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting that happens on uh, this coming Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, or another possible reason for the uh, upturn in the uh, indices is the uh, uh, people are worried about missing the year-end Santa Claus rally. And uh, November and December are generally good months for the stock market. Uh, the, uh, the, the fund managers have to uh, earn their bonuses. So what we see is they, the funds generally go up. Uh, that's not a guarantee, though. Uh, or it might be the earnings. So far, the earnings of the season is off to a decent uh, start, except for some big tech stocks like uh, uh, Facebook and uh, Alphabet and uh, Microsoft and Amazon. So personally, I think it's the uh, Federal Reserve. Uh, basically, what you had the, the week before last was uh, comments from uh, St. Louis Fed President uh, James Bullard and also uh, San Francisco Fed Chief Mary Daly, and both of them stressed the need to keep tightening policy with inflation at a 40-year high while suggesting more caution next year. In other words, uh, get those rates up to a certain point and then uh, go into a plateau uh, or a holding pattern. So... uh, and Bullard is one of the voting members on the FOMC, the Federal Open Market Committee meeting uh, this week, or next week, I'm sorry, Tuesday and Wednesday. And uh, also some other Federal Reserve officials to, uh, also weighed in the week before last, before the blackout period. Uh, uh, Christopher Waller, uh, we have a very thoughtful We'll have a very thoughtful discussion about the pace of tightening at our next meeting. Uh, and also, uh, some officials have begun signaling their desire to slow down the pace of increases soon and to stop raising rates early next year to see how their moves this year are slowing the economy. Uh, Cleveland Federal President Loretta Mester has signaled that she would favor uh, rises of uh, uh, three-quarters of a percent at each of the Fed's next two meetings because there hasn't been progress on inflation. Uh, Kansas City Fed President uh, Esther George uh, said she favors moving, quote, steadier and slower on the rate increases. And uh, Minneapolis Fed President uh, uh, Neil Kashkari uh, he said that the problem with, for me with trying to say, hey, it's time to pause, is that we're not even sure that we've got rates high enough to push service inflation uh, down. So if you take a look and see what the what the street is betting on, uh, investors in interest rate futures markets now expect the Fed to raise rates to 5% by the spring. Uh that's according to the uh, CME group, and uh, the uh, uh, what you're going to see in, in, is that uh, the there, there's a lot of the the next meeting of the Federal Open Market Committee meeting is Tuesday and Wednesday of next week. It's kind of a given that they're going to increase the interest rates by three quarters of a percent. Uh, the real discussion in all these things is uh, what are they going to do in the meeting in mid-December? And uh, there's been a lot of discussion about whether that's going to be a three-quarters of a percent increase or a half a percent increase in uh, December. So we'll find that out Wednesday. Um, we'll probably had Wednesday at 2 o'clock, I think they'd present the results. We'll probably find out that they've raised it by three quarters of a percent. This is the federal funds rate or the overnight rate. And uh, we'll hear something, may hear something about a discussion about uh, uh, pausing or, or slowing the rates down. If we don't hear that the Wednesday uh, uh, summary of the meeting, uh, we'll probably hear it. Uh, 
uh, was about three weeks later when they published the minutes as to the details of what they talked about at that particular meeting. So the Federal Reserve, uh, in addition to the Federal Reserve, uh, the, uh, the, the idea of the Santa Claus rally is still uh, popular. You know, since 1942, the final two months of the year have seen uh, gains. And uh, that doesn't happen all the time, but it happens about uh, 75% of the time. So, uh, and then, uh, you know, according to a Bloomberg article, the urge to embrace a year-end rally was visible in a poll by the National Association of Active Investment Managers, uh, where big money allocators are boosting equity holdings at a rate rarely seen during this year's bear market. So that's in the Bloomberg article. And uh, uh, this week, we're, we continue with the third quarter earnings report, where Apple reported record revenues in this latest quarter, while oil giants uh, ExxonMobil and Chevron uh, Friday posted some of their highest ever quarterly profit profits. Results from uh, some U.S. banks and industrial bellwethers like uh, Caterpillar have also been surprisingly resilient. And uh, real estate, financials, and staples are some of the biggest contributors to the index's uh, weekly gain. All but one standard and poor, this is according to Wall Street, all but one standard and poor 500 sector ended the week higher with communication services uh, being the outlier. Uh, uh, but some of the high-tech companies took a took a beating uh, this week, particularly Facebook. Uh, the parent of Facebook took a beating, and Amazon. Uh, Amazon indicated that uh, uh, they downplayed uh, how good the Christmas season was going to be, and they took a hit. And uh, Alphabet also fell sharply this week after reporting. Lackluster earnings. So, uh, if you take a look at the, uh, you know, we're midpoint through the latest quarter's earnings reports, and uh, the blended earnings growth rate for the Standard and Poor in the third quarter, uh, which includes both reported and estimated earnings, is 2.2 percent, according to Fact Set, and. Uh, um, you know, in the first quarter of uh, this year, uh, the earnings were up 10%. Now they're—I think—I don't know what they were for the second quarter, but now here in the third quarter, the estimates are down to 2.2%. So the economy is, is definitely slowing down, and it's becoming, which is good news as far as the Fed is concerned. And uh, aside from the earnings results, there was good news regarding. Uh, Consumer spending. Yesterday, the U.S. Department of uh, Commerce reported that consumer spending, which accounts for more than uh, more than two thirds of the U.S. economic activities, rose uh, six tenths of a percent last month. And uh, the data from August was revised higher to show spending increased six tenths of a month, six tenths of one percent in August instead of the four-tenths as, as previously reported. Economists uh, polled by Reuters had forecast consumer spending would gain four-tenths of a percent. So the spending came in uh, uh, higher than uh, anticipated, and basically consumers stepped up purchases of motor vehicles and spent more on food, clothing, prescription medication, and recreational goods. Also, spending on goods, uh, durable goods, and uh, rebounded three-tenths of a percent after two straight monthly decreases. So the outlays for services also rose, driven by housing and utility, as well as travel and dining at restaurants, and spending on services was up uh, eight-tenths of one percent. Uh, in September. So uh, we'll talk about consumer spending and later on in the show, as well as the latest information data from the 
personal personal consumption expenditures. That also came out this week. And there was, a, there was some encouraging news in the fight against uh, stubbornly hot inflation with other data for the labor market on Friday show. Private uh, industry wage growth slowed considerably in the third quarter. The moderation occurred in inflation-sensitive industries like uh, retail construction, finance, things of this nature, sectors such as healthcare and education, which are still experiencing worker shortage, saw a pickup in wages. Uh, That report from the Department of Labor showed that workers' pay and benefits rose 5% in the third quarter from a year ago. And uh, uh, the, the, the good news from the Federal Reserve, who is particularly sensitive about uh, wage and price spirals. So uh, they particularly keep track of those wages and benefits because uh, that was one of the big things in the 70s that really concerned them. So when you take a look at... <clears throat> You take a look at the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, the markets have been up, basically, and uh, uh, the, the, news, the news still shows that the economy is strong, but the economy is slowing down. And one of the places that is slowing down the most will be in home construction, home sales, things of this nature. There's also this concern about... Uh, the uh, interest rate increases uh, is causing more and more concern about a recession. So your big companies are basically uh, holding back on any plans for expansion and capital improvements and things of this nature until they get get a better reading on uh, what the future holds. There's no use making big commitments and then suddenly finding out that you're in a recession. So they're just basically holding back on on the the expansion processes. So, But all in all, the economy is still strong. The jobs are still there. The wages are still there, but they're not keeping up with inflation. Uh, Hopefully, inflation will be coming down. Originally, the consensus was that inflation would be down to around 6% by the end of the year. As we close in on the end of the year, we'll see how, how accurate that was because the, you know, the, uh, the consensus expectation was that it would uh, go down to 6 by the end of the year and then in the first half of next year, it would move from 6 down to closer to 3. So. Uh, That'll be good news for both the economy as well as inflation. So, um, yeah, you're conquering inflation. So, this is, you know, when we talk about the big picture uh, or the macro picture, uh, we talk about it because it basically affects our financial plan. <clears throat> Excuse me. It affects the, um, the micro picture of what our finances look like and whether we're going to beat our goals or not. You know, the investments are a part of the the plan. Uh, The major part of the plan is basically laying out your goals and uh, getting your savings uh, plan squared away so that you're allocating enough money uh, each month, each two weeks or whatever, uh, to meet your goals, be it retirement or be it uh, uh, starting a family or be it uh, buying a new house or starting a career or uh, uh, anything that you can visualize. And this is a goal of yours. So put it down, put a date with it, and put a dollar amount with it. And then you've got to accumulate uh, through your savings and investing uh, money to be able to meet those goals in the future. So uh, how much do you have to save for a car, a wedding, a home, a business? Uh, How do you invest it short-term and long-term? What's your uh, risk-reward feelings? uh, uh, There are all that changes closer to retirement. Uh, 
Uh, like right now, uh, what we're seeing is uh, uh, the younger people are pouring money into the stocks, and the uh, the uh, older people are more concerned about well, they know it's down and they know it'll come back, but will they be around when they get when it comes back? So, and to me, uh, we, we do the best we can to modify the portfolio to make it as safe as possible for them. So. What we do is uh, <clears throat> try to get through this uh, uh, by keeping track of our goals, keeping track of how we're beating our our goals in terms of our uh, of savings and investments and uh, modifying things as life goes on. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Show. Uh, you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one eight eight eight. Two eight one eleven ten. That's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. So uh, give us a call, and uh, we'll be back right after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim Magalise. I was working in the lab late Light, when my eyes beheld an eerie sight For my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the mash He did the monster mash The monster mash It was a graveyard Welcome back to Get Rich Slow This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese uh, You can give us a call over the toll-free number It's one 888 Let's talk about uh, uh, how people are doing in terms of their personal spending. And in September, uh, consumers spending on services and and uh, you know like travel and housing and utilities, and uh, they also uh, increase their spending on uh, goods. Uh, in September, spending by consumers increased six tenths of one percent, or one hundred and thirteen. A billion dollars. Uh, that was the increase in the month, and uh, the increase in the spending uh, was significantly down from the 1.2 percent in June, where consumers at that time in June uh, they spent uh, 206 billion dollars extra in June. But consumers did continue to increase their spending, and. Uh, Despite inflation, eroding wage gains and driving the cost of uh, living up, uh, the consumer spending increase in September uh, was six tenths of one percent, and uh, also it, it was uh, uh, above the increase in consumer income. So, if you take a look at how much the consumer that it was an increase in consumer income was four tenths of one percent, and that amounted to seventy-eight point nine eight billion dollars. So what you're seeing is that uh, the consumer is spending more than the income, uh, the increase in income. So there's been a big uh, step down from the personal income increase of six tenths of one percent in June when it hit one hundred eighty-four billion. Let's take a second and go to the phones. Hello, this is Jim McAlee. Hello, can I help you? Hi, good morning, Jim. This is Sarah. Hi, Hi, Sarah. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you. I had a question that is specific to Medicare Part A. And 
health savings accounts. Because a new issue that I have found people running into, and I don't know if this is because of changes in the law because of the SECURE Act, or maybe it's just a result of people who are over 65 who are still working. But what I have found recently is that people who are still working have signed up for Medicare Part A at 65 because that that's a theory that's been ingrained in most of us, like sign up for it, mm-hmm. even if you have insurance at work. Okay, so that that's fine. Except people who are still working and had a health savings account where they were saving money for, uh, maybe it was paying for their deductibles, they bought a pair of glasses mm-hmm. or whatever they wish. I'm with you. Uh, so now they're getting information in the mail saying, if you've signed up for any part of Medicare and you're still contributing to health savings account at work, your health savings account will now get a tax penalty. Oh. And yeah, so I, and I yeah, don't know, I, is, this, is that new? I never heard of that before. I didn't either. Uh, um, you know, I'll just uh, let me put it this way. I'll, I'll uh, take an action to get some information for that uh, for next week's show. But uh, to me, it's always been the care of the case of signing up for Medicare Part A. Yeah, you know, because uh, uh, a lot of the companies require that. You know, if you don't sign up for Medicare Part A, uh, uh, that's the hospitalization. The uh, the you, you got to check got to check with your health insurance to make sure that the, the, your health insurance will cover those bills that would have been paid by Medicare Part A if you're over sixty five. So, to me, uh, this idea of uh, taxing the health savings accounts is something that I haven't uh, heard about before. So, thanks for the heads up, Sarah. So oh, you're welcome. I'll, you're I'll, welcome. Set. Thank you for looking into that. So that's interesting. So basically, then each person who um, who's still working, they would have to talk to like their HR benefits person to find out what the rules are for their specific health plan. It sounds like because um, so then basically, is it possible that a person could be working at a company and if they didn't sign up for Part A? And they go for a surgery. The actual insurance company, uh, through the company, could say, "This, this is not something we're going to pay for. You should have signed up for Medicare." Like, has that happened to people? Yeah, that has. You know, it's it's oh, a matter of oh. uh, of uh, the uh, basically the size of the company too. The smaller companies, it's, it's almost somewhat mandatory. So, let me let me. Uh, um, Tell you what, Sarah. Uh, let me take a look at that this week, and uh, you give me a call back next week, and we'll talk about the whole thing. Okay. Perfect. Okay. I look forward to it. All happy right. Halloween. Yeah. Well, happy Halloween to you too. <laughs> take care now. Bye bye. Bye bye. This is this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to uh, Get Rich Slow. You can give us a call over our toll free number. It's one eight 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 two eight one eleven ten. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. We were talking about the you know, what we have seen in terms of uh, personal income increases and uh, also with regard to uh, personal consumption expenditures. And uh, to me, the personal consumption expenditures indicate that they, the, the economy is still strong. Uh, it's kind of good news and bad news. The good news is that the economy is still strong and uh, from the uh, viewpoint of the uh, Federal Reserve, uh, they would like to see the personal consumption expenditures go down, but uh, so be it. Uh, what you're seeing is that the 
uh, clearances for the last uh, uh, several months, uh, let's say uh, July, August, and September, uh, personal in- personal income has increased four tenths of of one percent per month, whereas the spending, uh, for instance, in uh, July, August, and September, the spending went down two tenths of a percent in July, but in September and, and uh, August and September, it jumped back up to uh, six tenths of one percent. So. Uh, what you're seeing is that uh, the economy is still strong, the consumers are still spending, and uh, the savings <clears throat> savings rates have gone down. But uh, uh, I mean, that's basically what you're what you're uh, seeing in all this. Uh, as people spend, as people get into this inflation, uh, they're doing the best they can in terms of uh, providing the standard of living. Even though uh, it takes more money to do it, they're willing to do it, and they have the resources to do it in terms of uh, savings that were built up during the COVID situation. So uh, the uh, the uh, other thing that came out of the report was the uh, inflation numbers. Typically, the report on personal income and outlays uh, also presents the latest inflation data that shows uh, increases in the consumer price gains. Price uh, and uh, there are two commonly used measures of inflation: the personal consumption expenditure, deflator, they call it. That's favored by the Federal Reserve to track inflation, and the most common one is the uh, consumer price index, which we all have available, and. Uh, as 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 these rates increase, uh, what you're going to see is everybody's going to be tracking that CPI data uh, to get a feeling for the how inflation is uh, when inflation starts to go down, how it's going down, and trying to extrapolate when we'll get into the range of two or three percent inflation, and hopefully at that particular point the the Federal Reserve will be able to turn around and stop increasing rates and be able to start talking about uh, either decrease, decreasing rates then or at least uh, uh, coming up with a plan to say, okay, we're going to stay at these rates for a certain period of time and then we're going to start decreasing them as long as inflation is uh, under control at, let's say, uh, 2 or 3% somewhere in that range. So what we're seeing right now is that the latest numbers on the personal consumption expenditure, uh, the the one that includes food and fuel, uh, that increased uh, in September, that increased three-tenths of a percent uh, and month per month and increased 6.2% over the last uh, uh uh, over the last uh, 12 months, and the one, the core uh, personal consumption expenditure, uh, where we neglect food and fuel, that uh, that increased five tenths of a percent uh, month to month, and increased 5.1 percent over the last 12 months. Now, if you compare August, that, that, if you compare those numbers for September to the numbers for August, you see that. Uh, the uh, core uh, personal consumption expenditure in August was uh, five tenths of a percent in uh, from month to month, but it was four point nine percent year over year over the twelve month period. Whereas that four point nine increased to five point one percent in uh, in September, which is indicating that the it's indicating something like the the, uh, the CPI numbers indicated that inflation in the core of the uh, area, the area that's not uh, food or fuel, uh, that area is not really controlled yet for inflation. It went from uh, over the last twelve months, it went from four point nine to five point one, which is 
<clears throat> indicative, not not as bad as the consumer price index. The consumer price index, if you remember, jumped from six point three uh, in August to six point six in, in September. So uh, that has a that'll have an impact on what the what the Federal Reserve uh, does in the future in terms of how high it's going to go in its uh, uh, its uh, federal funds rate. So. Uh, another thing to look at is the uh, the area that's being hit by the increases in the interest rates are the housing, uh, home construction, as well as uh, home sales, existing home sales. And one one place we look for their existing home sales has been trending downward because of the increased prices and the lower number of homes for sale. Now, with the mortgage interest rates going significantly higher, uh, the headwinds are increasing. Yesterday, the National Association of Realtors in their uh, pending home sales index reported that pending home sales slipped in September. It was a fourth straight monthly decline. So the uh, pending home sales index is basically a a forward-looking indicator of how home sales were based upon contract signing as a uh, predecessor to contract closing. In other words, basically, in buying a house, you, you agree upon a price and you sign the contract, but it's all, a lot of times yeah, that's subject to getting the financing and also subject to inspections. So the real closing is later when they when the money exchanges hands, and that might happen two or three, a month or two later, when the money in the escrow account really changes hands, and uh, the that's uh, noted as the contract closing. So, uh, we reported last week that existing uh, uh, title home sales fell one and a half percent in September from August, and. Uh, that's the acceptance of bids at these homes, and these these bids might have been made in July and August. So, the pending home sales index indicates that contract signings uh, fell 10.2 percent in September, and uh, compared to September a year ago, <clears throat> the contract signings are down 31 percent. So that's a those are big numbers. Which indicate that uh, <clears throat> this, well, they basically indicate how severe this increase from three percent to the mortgage rates from three percent to seven uh, percent for the thirty-year mortgages and uh, interest rates have gone up. So uh, it's having a, a real impact on home sales and also new home construction. So. Uh, According to uh, Lawrence Young, who is the National Association of Realtors' chief economist, he says persistent inflation has proved quite harmful to the housing market. Uh, the Federal Reserve has had to dramatically uh, raise interest rates to quell inflation, which has resulted in far fewer buyers and even fewer sellers. Young noted that due home listings are down compared to one year ago, since many homeowners are unwilling to give up their rock-bottom 3% mortgage rates that they locked in prior to this year. Uh, He also uh, quantified the impact of the increase in the the mortgage interest rates. The new, quote, this is from Lawrence Young, the new normal for mortgage rates could be around 7% for a while, on a $300,000 loan, that translates into a typical mortgage payment of nearly $2,000 compared to $1,265 just one year ago, a difference of more than $700 per month. Only when inflation is tamed will mortgage rates mortgage rates retreat and boost home purchasing power for buyers. So compared to a year ago, contract signings uh, decreased across the country with ending sales in the Midwest down 
8.8% in September and down 27% from a year ago, whereas in the Northeast, signings decreased 16.2% from August and uh, minus 30% from September a year ago. In the South, as the contract signings decreased 8.1% from August and 30% from a year ago. In the West, contract signings decreased 11.7% from August and 39% from a year ago. So this increase in the interest rate, the 30-year mortgage rate, from 3% a year ago to somewhere in the order of 7% today is having a, a dramatic impact on the home sales. And it's also having a big impact on home construction, too. Uh, home sales are facing the, the headwinds of affordability as a result of the current interest rate environment and weaker economic activity. The National Association of Realtors expects eggs existing home sales to, to decline 15.2% in 2022, uh, while new home sales are projected to fall by 20.9%. Uh, the National Association of Realtors economists noted that limited housing inventory and almost non-existent distressed property sales have supported home prices. Overall, he forecasts prices will rise by 9.6% in 2022. And he sees, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in 2023, uh, Young uh, foresees slower price appreciation and corresponding increase in sales as the year progresses. Uh, he commented by next year, the annual median, median home price is expected to rise by only 1.2%. And uh, home sales will pick up in the second half of 2022. It'll be down 7.1% overall. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAlee. You can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. If you take a look at the housing prices, uh, one place to look is the Standard & Poor uh, CoreLogic Case-Killer U.S. National Home Price Index. Uh, that's been around for 35 years, and it also gives us more granular view of increases in existing homes in basically 20 cities across the United States. Cleveland, Ohio is one of those 20 cities. And the case-filler indices uh, are constructed to accurately track the price path of a typical single-family home located in each one of the metropolitan areas. <clears throat> they're not talking, for instance, they're not talking just Cleveland. Metro, they're not talking Cleveland itself, they're talking about the whole metropolitan area. And uh, each index combines matched uh, price pairs for, for thousands of individual homes for the available universe of uh, sales data. The latest information is for August, and the data shows that home price gains uh, are decelerating in cities across the U.S., this means that even though existing home prices are still rising, they are rising at a slower pace than previously. For example, the Standard & Poor uh, Case-Shiller uh, Home Price Index 
covering all nine uh, U.S. Uh, census divisions, reported a 13% annual gain in August and down from the 15.6% gain the previous month. So for the Cleveland uh, metropolitan area, existing single-family home sales home prices uh, prices decreased one-tenth of one percent in August from July after increasing one uh, percent in July and 1.2 percent in June. So, and then from the year uh, in uh, in uh, August, they increased 11.5 percent from the year ago. And if you look back in July, they had increased 12.4 percent from the year ago. And if you move back into June, they had increased 12.8 percent. So, what you're seeing is that. <clears throat> The price increase uh, from a year ago is going down, and uh, sooner or later it'll plateau, and uh, then it may go down, but it won't. It certainly won't go down anything like home prices did in 2007 or 2008. So that was a banking crisis as well as a home crisis, a home mortgage crisis, and. the banks are much stronger now than they were in those days, so you won't see any dramatic fall off. But you'll you're, you'll see the the price increases uh, for houses uh, begin to slow down. Uh, it's slowing down right now, and it'll plateau. I don't know, maybe in the other year or two. Uh, now to give you some idea of some context of other cities, for instance, like Chicago. Uh, Chicago, the the single-family home price decreased five-tenths of one percent from uh, July to August, and uh, it increased 13. It increased after it increased 11.3 percent from August a year ago. In Washington D.C., the home prices increased decreased one and a half percent in uh, August from uh, uh, from July, and uh, the uh, they increased seven point four percent from a year ago. And in Denver, the home prices decreased two point three percent from month to month, and they increased twelve point zero percent from a year ago. So, according to Craig Lazara. Is the managing director of Standard and Poor, Case Schiller, uh, the forceful deceleration of the U.S. housing prices that we noted a month ago continued in our report for August of uh, 2022. For example, the National Composite Index rose by 13% for the 12 months ending in August, and that's down from the 15.6%. Uh, over year-over-year growth in July. That 2.6% difference between those two monthly rates of change is the largest deceleration in the history of the index. So, uh, and they saw similar patterns in their, uh, in their uh, 10-year, uh, 10-city uh, composite. And uh, um, basically says the uh, so even as price increases continue to increase uh, from one year to the next, the increase is getting smaller and smaller. So month-over-month comparison is consistent with these observations, and all three uh, composites declined in July. So despite the ongoing deceleration, August home prices remain well above a year-ago level in all the 20 cities that they they uh, check on. So, and basically the Federal Reserve, I don't know whether the 7% is going to hold or not. We might even go higher than the 7% number for a 30 year uh, mortgage number. So, in, in any case, what we're seeing is that uh, the Federal Reserve's actions in terms of increasing their rates is having an effect on 
home sales. It's also having an effect on home construction. It's also having an effect on companies that uh, are looking at, well, will there be a recession or won't there be a recession? Nobody really knows. It's just a matter of, uh, well, if you're running the if you're running a big organization, uh, what you have to do is prepare for the worst. And that means that you prepare for a recession. So uh, if it doesn't happen, that's wonderful news. If it does happen, well, you were prepared for it. So this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, stay tuned. I'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. Are you ready for Halloween? How ready you want to get is strictly up to you. Some people decorate their lawns like a graveyard. Others just turn the porch light on so the kids know they're welcome. In any case, half the fun of Halloween is watching the youngsters. When you open the door, they come in all shapes and sizes. Some are old hands at this and they know the ropes. The trick is to dash across the lawn across the street without getting run over and collect the most loot. Others are totally bewildered. This is something entirely new to them. They hold out their bags and their pillowcases and people throw candy bars and coins into them. They're hanging on to their older brother or sister's hand. And when the older sibling picks up the face, they're running as fast as they can. But... It's fascinating to try to understand what makes them tick. Here's a little story about a smart little boy named Mickey. Here, bright orange and silk pumpkins and green gourds and fall leaves were scurrying through the halls of St. Bartholomew's as the first to the sixth graders arrived well-costumed for their fall parent musicale. Some children were reporting their lines just one more time, and some were practicing their bending exercises because they could imitate trees on the stage. Mickey, however, was more inquisitive toward his table, having prepared for the families after the play. At one end of the long table was a generous pyramid of polished shiny apples and a large glass bowl, and in front of the glass bowl was a sign that read, Take Take only one God is watching. At the other end of the table were the warm brownies, which he liked the best. So he told all the kids, come over here, take all you want. God is busy watching the apples. So we all have to be careful to watch out for the little people because they have other things in their mind. And until we meet again next week, the more get the slow, may God protect you and keep you safe. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090, where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc., The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstone's Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies and leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.